everyone, and welcome to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 37. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in. So today I am joined with my friend, Rory Zura. We actually used to work together, and she's someone who's super passionate about fitness, and obviously we were at the same place. We had worked out at the same studio. And unfortunately, last year, she was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. So she's been super vocal about her journey, the ups and downs, what she has gone through. And she's really been so inspiring and so authentic in sharing her journey. So I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode today. Um, I learned so much about chemo and treatment and just what goes into battling that and that journey that I think you guys are going to find super interesting. And she also sort of shares her mindset tips and things that have helped her to get through it. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into this episode. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast. Today, I am joined with Rory Zura. Rory is such a trooper. We actually used to work together, um, but she has an amazing journey with uh, battling breast cancer. So Rory, welcome. Hi. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, We actually used to work at Orange Theory together. So that was it's crazy to think that that was like a year ago already. Woo-hoo. Yeah, like 10 months we're oh in my this gosh. pandemic craziness it's total craziness I think back to when this all started and I remember being in Orange Theory thinking oh you know this isn't going to be anything crazy we're going to be fine and it wasn't until I think people started coming to class with rubber gloves there was like one day before the pandemic really started and it wasn't until that moment that I was like oh my god okay maybe this is actually you know going to turn into something so it's crazy to think that it's really been that long I feel like it like it was a snowball effect too. So I feel like people were like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Wait, what's going on? Oh my God, crap. Wait, this is serious. Yeah, <laughs> thousand percent. I know so many people that didn't really think it was going to be anything. And now here we're literally almost a year out and we're still um we're still in it so yeah it's pretty crazy but I'm so excited to pick your brain today to kind of just like figure out where you're coming from what you're doing I think you've been doing amazing by the way with inspiring people and I'm I'm just like so curious and fascinated by your story so um I guess kind of just to backpedal because I know you're super into fitness so um what was your journey with fitness like before any of this started um, well, you know, as we worked out together at Orange Theory, I, I only worked there, um, but living that whole quote unquote more life mentality, you know, I would go, go take class anytime I could. I would still work out in the morning, you know, going to my personal gym. I played soccer on weekends. You know, I'd, I'd be out in the backyard playing with my dogs. I'm a very active person just to begin with. Um so going into this whole pandemic slash breast cancer journey, it kind of, it kind of really knocked me on my ass. Um, I wasn't sure how I would actually be able to still be me while dealing with a pandemic and dealing with a cancer diagnosis. So it took me a while, actually, um, because the first half of my whole treatment it was so physical, so mentally exhausting. Um, I was actually admitted into the hospital once because of it. Um, so I could barely keep up anything fitness related, anything active. It was a good day if I went from like the bed to the couch. Um, so it's really taxing. And, you know, I have a bunch of family members who went through breast cancer. They've had lymphoma. My husband had cancer himself. So, 
you know, having a support system that was like that is super imperative. And just being able to go to other people and, you know, say, today sucks. Like, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. How do you handle it? And just being able to bounce off of other women, other people in general that have had cancer. Um, it really made me think about the mental aspect of fitness. And I never really meditated. I hated yoga because I'm such a go, 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 go type of person. And I feel like this cancer diagnosis was kind of like, Rory, slow the hell down, take some time to yourself. You know, it's not always about the strongest that you can be physically. It's not the best shape of your life that you can be in. It's also about the mental aspect. And it really opened my eyes to meditate more and practice yoga and just really get more in tune with my body, you know, emotionally. Um, so I feel like I've learned more of a different side of the fitness aspect with this cancer diagnosis. Yeah, that's crazy. So when were you diagnosed? Like how far through the pandemic? So let's see, the pandemic started officially <laughs> around March, but I wasn't, I was diagnosed the day before my wedding anniversary. So August oh, wow. 17th, 2020. Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy how you say that this was kind of like an eye-opening experience for you in terms of, you know, the mind-body connection. And I think sometimes it takes people, unfortunately, that crazy amount of pressure um, to get to that point. I actually had interviewed someone a few months ago. She had Ghislaine-Barr syndrome, which basically paralyzes you. She was down to like 80 pounds. Um, it was a crazy thing, but she had a very similar experience to you where that was like her eye-opening moment of, okay, I need to slow down. Um, I need to kind of just figure out my entire well-being, not just physically, but mentally too. So sometimes it does take that pressure, but even from your perspective too, I think it's so amazing that you've transformed something that's so challenging and so taxing that I, I can't even imagine, um, but that you've been able to transform it into something that's sort of allowed you to dive into other aspects of yourself and also connect with people and motivate people. I think that's incredible. And I think it's so inspiring when people do that. So. Yeah, it was a, it was a big thing. Cause like coming from a family who had dealt with cancer and they didn't really talk about it. Like my mom went through it and, you know, she, she's very closed off when it comes to it. You know, it's, it's her business. It's her life. Back in the day, I was so young when, when it happened, I, I barely really remember a lot of it. It just, I remember her being sick, but I don't really remember anyone sitting down and like explaining it to me and really you know, opening my eyes to what happens. And the same thing happened with my husband, you know, he dealt through it. He had a very strong mentality when it came to chemo and surgery, but I'm very out there and I'm a very outgoing person and very bubbly and social butterfly. And I didn't want to go through this experience like that. I wanted my experience to actually make a difference. I wanted to help people and especially you know, I'm so young, I'm only 34 years old, and I was diagnosed at 33. And I've been getting mammograms for the past four years, I found my first lump in 2016. Oh, wow. So it's, it's really scary. And, you know, for a woman who's my age, and, you know, they're trying to find answers, and doctors are like, you're just, you're young, you're fine, you have nothing to worry about, it's probably just a cyst. And it's like, well, no, like, what about my genetic disposition? And what about this? And, you know, being able to have those questions when you go into your first 
exam or your first, you know, meeting with the oncologist. It's just, I didn't have a lot of that. And yes, we do have Google and we have the internet at our fingertips, but it's different when you've actually been able to sit with someone and like converse with them. I feel like it sticks with you a lot longer when you actually, you know, can put yourself in the other person's shoes and then you know what to ask and you know what to expect. And then it's not as scary as when you're Googling and it's like, oh my God, worst case scenario, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's so powerful. I think there's something to be said about just that support aspect and also the community aspect of it. So you think about whenever someone's going through something like that, like you said, your mom kept it to herself. And that's one approach. But I think a lot of times when we're going through those hard times and we keep things to ourselves, it just makes it that much harder. So I think the fact that you're speaking out about it has has not only been something that could help other people, um, which I think it absolutely has. I think it's amazing that you're sharing your journey and you're being so vulnerable and open and raw and authentic about that. I think that's really rare to find these days. So that's amazing that you're doing that. Um, Do you think that sharing, you know, your journey so intimately, do you think that's helped you through this process? 100%. 100%. I think it, I think it's actually helped more during a pandemic because you're alone for so much. And, you know, as much as I have my husband and like people that I can talk to that I talk to on a daily basis, like my friends, I still yearn for that connection that I can't get anywhere. Like people during the pandemic can wear a mask and they can go to a restaurant if they feel that they're comfortable. But for me, being able to do that is way more risky than the average person. So I'm literally locked in my house by myself with Netflix, my gym, my dogs, and my husband. So being able to, I guess, overly share just brings out other types of communications that I haven't had. I've started talking to people from high school that I haven't spoken to in years because of this. And it's not because they're trying to pry. It's because, you know, they've either found a lump themselves and they're petrified and they don't know what to do, or they, they genuinely want to help. And it's great being able to see people come together for a situation like, like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something to be said about just speaking out, especially during the pandemic. I mean, a lot of us are still stuck in that position, obviously, you know, not to the extent that you are, but I think a lot of people now are yearning for that connection, like you said, for that sense of community that's really hard to find, even especially in places that are really hard hit with COVID right now. Um, so I think it's it's really important to be authentic and to share that. And I think sometimes we get caught up in our own head, like, oh, people are going to judge me if I say this, or you think, you know, um, oh, this is something I should probably just keep to my sh- myself, like oversharing that kind of thing. But it actually has the opposite effect. At least it has for me too. Um, just like sharing my experience more, and I'm sure it has for you, has brought you together with people more than you could have ever imagined. Yeah, there's times where like I'll have these thoughts in my head, and I'm like, I wonder if anybody else has thought of this. And then I'll go into like one of my support groups, and lo and behold, someone's talking about it. I'm like, oh my god, I was just thinking about this, and it's. It's something that's been able to kind of get me out of my shell also as much as open as I was to begin with. It's I'm talking about things that I've never spoken of before, like sexual health and, you know, mind mindfulness. It's just those things were never really like a vocabulary in, in my dictionary. So it's it's just it's helping me grow as a person, too. Yeah, it's really cool to see how 
again, you're transforming it into something that's beneficial, you know, to self-development, to helping others sort of tap into that part of themselves. And I'm curious to hear, because you mentioned it before, that like mindfulness and yoga never really used to be a part of, you know, your thing. So since receiving your diagnosis and your treatment, how have you sort of started dipping your toes into the whole mindfulness realm? So after my diagnosis, and I'd probably say like the first two rounds of my treatment, um, when they finally got like my medicine right, and I wasn't just trying to like hug the toilet pole for the whole day. um, I was actually very anxious because I was starting to, to actually feel normal. You know, you get your chemo one day, you feel like crap for like the next two or three days, depending. And then afterwards, you know, the chemo's out of your system and it's like, okay, well, what do I do? I'm sitting here. I'm supposed to be feeling like crap, but I don't. So what do I do? And so my husband kind of started looking at me. He's like, you, you need to like chill or something because your anxiety is making you so stressed out and you're going to get sick from it. And he always told me that cancer is mind over matter. If you let your mind, you know, succumb to the disease, you might, you, you're dead. Basically. It's just, it doesn't always have to do with the physicality of it. It's more of the mental game. You know, yes, you can feel like sick, but feeling like sick is only short term. If you succumb your mind to feeling like sick all the time, then your life is over basically. So my sister actually showed me this um, app. It's called uh, Down Dog. Um, and because of the pandemic, they're having a free membership until the summertime. So I was like, all right, you know, it's, it's free. What, what, what's the harm? So I downloaded the app and it basically holds your hand through the entire process. It asks, you know, how um, experienced are you? How long do you want to meditate for? Do you want to do it daily? Do you want it guided? Do you want music? So on and so forth. So I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So I tried it for one day. I did in the morning. I drew a nice big bathtub for myself. I got in the bathtub, relaxed, candles, the whole nine yards. Totally cliche. The best though. And so... (laughs) It is. It's awesome. And so I finally did it. And then all throughout the day, I just felt calm. Like I didn't have to feel like I needed to do something. I, I just felt like, okay, you know, I'm fine. I'm concentrating on my breathing, things happen, whatever. And I started doing it every day and I only do it for 10 minutes a day, whether it's in the bathtub or if I'm starting to feel anxious, it's just 10 minutes a day, meditate. And I feel like it's really calmed my mind and I don't have to turn to medicine, which I hate doing. I don't have to turn to you know, smoking weed or anything like that. And it's just a nice natural way to practice exercising my, my calmness. So I kind of took that a step further. and I was like, okay, I'm meditating now. Maybe I should try yoga since um, I can't lift weights. It's really hard. Cardio is like not even existent for me. So what can I do to really keep fit during this entire time? So I started with easy yoga and down dog also offers yoga as well. So being able to combine the yoga and the meditation almost every day throughout my chemo was key. And eventually I was still strong enough where I was able to go lift weights. I was able to walk uphill. I was able to do other things. And I'm like, wow, this is great. I'm getting back to my normal self. And now I'm back to actually running. I'm up to three quarters of a mile where I actually run without stopping. Oh my God, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> big, small steps, big victories. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Um, wow, that's amazing. 
And it's awesome that you were able to even have that little bit of movement, you know, as you were in your earlier stage. I think that's huge. But you said something about what your husband said of um, cancer really being like a mind battle. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so huge. And I think that goes for for anything. That's what I've realized. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize, too, um, especially with people like you, you know, speaking out about it, is that mind over matter really is so powerful, even on a physical level. Um, there is an author, I don't know if you know Dr. Joe Dispenza, but he talks all the time about, um, how the body can kind of heal itself through the mind. Um, and that Mm -hmm. stress is like a state of disease. So dis-ease. And it's like, when you're in that constant state of stress, you're only just going to be making things worse and worse for yourself. And I think the pandemic has been a wake up call for a lot of people of, wow, I need to slow down. I mean, it certainly was for me. Um, and meditation is such a huge way to help with that, at least, you know, especially for you, like with anxiety and just calming the mind and just having that ability to like take a step back without reaching for something outside of yourself. Like you said, any kind of medicine or weed, or even for some people it might be alcohol, whatever it might be. Um, we have so much power like within ourselves to sort of, you know, maintain our sense of balance and stability. So I think it's awesome that you found meditation and yoga too. How has yoga been going for you? So it's still a struggle because I feel like they, a lot of the practices, I don't know what they're talking about. So I kind of, I kind of, I'm falling behind a lot because I'm just trying to watch what they're doing and, and learning. So, you know, it's, it's an exercise. I'm, I'm trying my best to, to get my best at it and I'm super competitive. So of course I want to be the best at it. Um, but it, it is hard. And depending on which type of yoga, you know, you have vinyasa, you have flow, you have all these other things that, that I don't even haven't even touched yet. Um, <laughs> but just being able to learn something new during this pandemic and not just sit on the couch and wallow in misery because I have quote unquote cancer and you know, that's my title now. Yeah. I think that's huge too, is like, it becomes almost a part of your identity sometimes if you let it. Um, And I'm curious Mm -hmm. to hear just because of your perspective, like, do you think that the pandemic has made this harder for you? Or do you think it's made it easier? Because in a way, it's almost like on one hand, okay, well, everyone's stuck at home. So um, it doesn't kind of like eliminates that. So like, what has your experience been with that? So that's exactly it. So, you know, I before the pandemic hit, I was going on vacations, literally monthly, you know, I couldn't sit still, I was always traveling the world trying to see new places. Um, and now I'm stuck at home, so it sucks, but at the same time, so is everyone else. So it's not like I'm sitting on Instagram, you know, scrolling through my feed and it's like, oh, they're in Mexico. Oh, they're in Florida. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. No, everybody is sitting in their house with me. We're, we're in this together. You know, even though they may not know me, we're, we're in this together against my little fight, but at the same token, it's super stressful and it's super hard. All I want is the most simplest thing in the world. I just want to hug. Like I just, there are days where, you know, I succumb to the mental aspect and I get upset very easily. Um, They also had to put me in this quote unquote perimenopause state. So I'm not in menopause. I'm in this like limbo between premenopause and menopause. So it's in essence to protect my fertility because of how young I am. So I don't get my period anymore. Oh wow. Um I'm super emotional. I've gained I've gained weight. Um but that adds on top of the whole emotional aspect. It's like, you know, there are days like I had a delay in my treatment and I was hysterical. 
I just want it to be over. I want it to be done with. I want to move on with my life. And I couldn't go anywhere. No one could come over to my house and like talk me off the ledge. It's just none of my friends could come near me. And it's, it's very lonely. And, it, you know, it does make it that much harder, even though I'm talking to people. It's just, you know, there are days I just want to hug or I just want someone to like give me a kiss on the cheek and like pat my head and be like, it's okay. Like what you're feeling is, is valid. Yeah. And sometimes you have to cry your eyes out and then, you know, pick your head up and dust it off and move on. Um, but there were days that I couldn't do that. I was just on the phone with people or FaceTime and it's not the same. Oh, it's absolutely not the same. And I think that's so important for people to realize too, is that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And that's something that took me a really long time to realize is that I would beat myself up if I was not feeling great. But I think everyone during this pandemic, I know me certainly have, I've had moments where it was the same thing, like early on where I break down crying just because I want someone to give me a hug, like the same kind of thing. Like, um, these are crazy times and it's okay to feel that. And I think it's important to allow yourself to feel that sometimes we get caught in that trap of like, okay, I just need to stay focused on my career or whatever it is that you're doing. And you kind of just like bury it down to the point where it's just going to burst at the seams later on. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think even for people, if they're listening to this, if they're dealing with cancer with someone in their family, even if they're not like, it's okay to, to feel your feelings, right? Like it's okay to experience that. Listen, like kind of shitty right now, kind of not feeling the best. Let me just like feel this and let it move through me and then move on. I think that's so important. And it sounds like it has been for you too. Yeah, it's. I used to make a joke with my husband. I'd be like, if one more person tells me you've got this, I'm gonna punch <laughs> him in the face because I'm okay. I'm allowed to feel what I I need to feel. And if crying my eyes out in a pillow, screaming and punching thing is going to make me feel better, then give me that 15 minutes to have a mental breakdown because I'm only gonna get stronger based off of it. Because I'm gonna turn around and be like, what are you doing? on let's go we're not like this yeah no I think we we totally need that like everyone needs that um is to just release it because I had someone come on um a few weeks ago to talk about like trauma release and how we store trauma in our body and even just any really heavy emotion and it's like whatever you're feeling like it wants out it wants to move through you it wants to just get out so we got to just release it. Sometimes that's screaming in your pillow and crying. Sometimes it's taking a run across the block if that's what you need. Sometimes it's scribbling in a notebook. Like whatever it is that you can do to release, um, it's only going to help you in the long run, especially if you're going through a crazy time like a cancer journey um, or even just the pandemic in general, whatever it might be, allow yourself to feel it. And I think it's so important that you say that too of like people always saying, oh, well, you got this. It's like, Well, sometimes we want to just hear, you know what? It's okay. Your feelings are valid. It's okay for you to be upset right now. Like sometimes we just need that space for us. A hundred percent. Yeah. So um, I think it's awesome that you kind of shed light on every aspect of the journey. You know, you don't sugarcoat it. I think you're very authentic with what you, with what you share and what you've been going through. And I think by you doing that, you're also creating that space online for other people who are going for that journey to be like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Like, it's normal for me to feel this way. It's normal for me to to not be okay today or to, you know, celebrate a really small victory of just getting from the couch to the bed. Um, simple things like that. So I think it's really powerful um, what you're doing with that and sharing on social media. And I had another question for you because I know that you were, um, this is kind of shifting gears a little bit, but I know that you were keto back um, when we used to work together. So has your diet changed at all through this? 
Oh yeah. So when I was, so the initial diagnosis, of course, my first instinct is go on Google, read all the horror stories that are going on. But I also wanted to understand how would me being on keto affect it? Is me going, is me being keto the reason why I got cancer, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're eating a lot of quote unquote fats, even though they're healthy. It doesn't have anything to do with it first and foremost, um, especially my specific diagnosis. Um, But they actually were studies that had shown keto to be successful with chemotherapy. So I was like, sick, this is great. I'm gonna rock this. But they don't tell you is when you go through chemo, your taste buds change and everything about you changes. So I would be sitting there and I would be eating certain things and I would have to put the food down and run to the bathroom because it tasted horrible. I couldn't digest it, I couldn't keep it down. So the only thing that really helped me were carbs, my nemesis. Wow. So I had to completely switch gears and go from a completely keto diet that was, I was super strict on to now a low carb diet, basically. So as much as I would be comforted and I could keep food down, which is essentially what the doctors want you to do because you need the energy, I wasn't happy eating any carbs. So I started finding alternatives on you know Pinterest and things like that. What can I make that's, you know, quote unquote, keto, paleo, low carb friendly that I can actually make. So I'm, I learned how to bake. I learned how to cook. I I was trying everything and anything that I could to just keep things down, especially during the first half of my treatment. During the second half of my treatment, I kind of lost a little bit more of my self-composure and I was just like, whatever I can eat, I'm just, I'm hungry. And the steroids that they put you on for the entire duration of, of your chemo makes you just more hungry to begin with. Um, so keto and low carb kind of went out the window for quite some time. Um, but then I finished chemo and now I'm back to focusing on how to prepare for surgery. And I'm learning, you know, what can you eat that's super beneficial to be able to prepare your body for surgery? Because what they what I had no idea going into this whole journey was when you are giving chemotherapy, you are being pumped through with oxidants. So if you're sitting at home taking supplements like vitamin C, zinc, you know, vitamin D, they're all antioxidants. So it is counteracting the chemotherapy. So they tell you that you're not allowed to take any supplements during chemotherapy. You can't even eat a grapefruit. Oh my God. They specifically tell you you're not allowed to eat grapefruit. You're not allowed to eat to, to take anything that has a high concentrated dose of vitamin C. So I had to switch gears from that too. I couldn't take my iron. I couldn't take vitamin D. I couldn't take my joint supplement. And I became severely anemic. My hip surgery that I had when I was 25 was exasperated. Um, at one point when I was hospitalized, they found what is called the Chiari, which is um, the swelling of, a, of the back of your brain. So my brain was being, was swelling to the point that it was pressing on the spinal cavity. Whoa. And I was getting massive headaches, dizziness. I had blurred vision. At one point I lost vision. I couldn't see anything um, from this and I couldn't take anything to, to fix it. So struggling with how do I get my nutrients now to be able to make sure that my body is is so set back from chemo 
to preparing for surgery without taking the, su the supplements because you're not allowed to take supplements before surgery either because they can cause bleeding. So I've learned more of how to stay away from the keto and the low carb and focus more on a, a balanced diet. And it's really hard because I don't feel the same like how I did on keto. I don't have like the energy that I used to have on keto. I don't know if it's just from the months of being on chemotherapy and it's just, they tell you you're gonna be tired. But I just think about, you know, how, how much clarity, how much energy I was like spry, ready to go. And now the littlest things just, they make me tired. And I have to remind myself like, okay, you just had a major setback. We'll get back to how we were. It's not a big deal. Sit, rest, take 10 minutes. And then realizing, you know, my food that I'm putting into my, my body is what's fueling me. So it's like the carbs are slowing me down and it's, it's frustrating. Wow. That's insane. There is so much that you just shared there that I had no idea about, especially, um, vitamins and supplements. That's crazy that you yep. can't take any of that. Um, but you know, what's, you know, what I think is that, you know, if you look at things from like a, a big perspective, right. You're somebody who was really strict with keto. I even remember you were always, you know, right on with everything keto, um, but it's like with what you're going through now, it's almost like you're at this point now of understanding, okay, this is a temporary thing for me. This is something that I have to do now. Um, it's something that's getting me through now. The food is the fuel for my body. And kind of also that inner game switch of like thinking of food differently as rather than like having to adhere to like a specific diet. It's like what's going to just fulfill me the most today that's going get, to get me to do whatever it is that I need to do. So I think that's a huge shift, and I think that's something that a lot of people could take away from this, too, is just, like, the temporary nature of everything. Um, I always say, you know, people are like, this too shall pass, and I say that for things that are good and for things that are bad, because the bad times will pass, um, but the good times will pass, too. But the thing is, because of that sense of temporariness, it kind of makes us appreciate those good moments, you know, a little bit more. Um, but I think we gotta live in the now. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like that's been um, a huge, you know, shift for you. Do you feel like you're more mentally present now, like than you were before? Yeah, like I'm more mentally present in the fact that I'll sit, I'll wake up in the morning, and I still, I'll still intermittent fast. I've, I've been doing that this entire time, um, and I've actually gotten way better. It's now two thirty in the afternoon, and I haven't had anything to eat at all today, and I'm not even hungry. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I've learned that I don't have to eat all day long to have fuel. You know, my body stores the fuel and uses it when it needs to. So I only eat when I'm hungry now. And now I'm eating the things that are more nutritious for me to be prepared for the things that I need to do in the future. So being able to say to myself, for the past year and a half that you did keto, you did great. You conditioned your body, you know, your body now learns to burn fuel off of fat and carbs. And here I am now looking towards the future, understanding that everything that I do in this moment in time is going to affect what happens to me in the future. And my whole thing is to get rid of this cancer. So every day from now until they tell me that I'm in remission and even after that, is making sure that the things that go into my body are going to get me into the future. Yeah, that seems like a very much more of a conscious shift of being very conscious and aware of what you're putting into your body um, and what you're what you're consuming. I think our diet even goes beyond you know just what we eat. I always think it's what we read, what we watch on TV, um, you know, who we surround ourselves with. Has your diet in that 
grander sense changed of like what you're consuming? Oh yeah. Um, so I'm definitely drinking a ton more water now, which is the vitality of life. Basically. Um, when you're going through chemo, you're basically told that you have to drink a gallon of water minimum a day in order to keep from dehydrating. So all day long, I'm literally chugging water and it, it never quenched my thirst enough. So that's another aspect. I never used to drink a lot of water to begin with. You know, I, I drink my eight glasses a day. Great. No problem. But being able to stay consistently hydrated is a huge thing. And I see it in my skin. My skin has never been clearer before, which is weird that chemo made my skin so clear, <laughs> um, which is a great thing. Um, but that's one thing, um, eating more fruits and vegetables instead of just defaulting to whatever my husband decides to cook, like being present and saying, no, 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 I haven't had you know, a lot of vegetables today. Let's, let's make some broccoli or, or spinach and just eating a variation of different things that I didn't really eat a lot before. Um, and then I've noticed also like things that I used to like, I don't really eat them that much anymore because, because my taste buds have changed. And now I'm thinking to myself, okay, so now that my body has physically changed and I like things that I don't like and don't like things that I liked, I'm changing a lot of aspects of my life. I don't really eat a lot of spicy foods anymore because they trigger a hot flash for me, which oh, is another wow. great menopause thing for me to deal with. So it's like, I don't get to enjoy, you know, Mexican night anymore. And I'm, I'm coming up with different alternatives for me to be able to eat while sticking with like the, the meals that my husband likes. Yeah. It sounds like it's been a complete change of everything for you. Not even just like your taste buds and your physicality, but um, even just your mindset. It sounds like everything has sort of just been um, reset in a way. Yeah. And it's kind of like little things too. Like if you put too much pepper in an omelet that I make in the morning, I have a hot flash. So it's like the things that I'm now cooking with, it's, I have to consciously think of to myself, is this going to cause me pain or suffering later on? If it's yes, is it worth it? So it's like, you know, there's, there's times where I was craving spicy foods and it's like, well, I know this is going to cause me a, a hot flash, but I'm really hungry and I really want it. So I have to deal with the consequences now. And then I'd have a hot flash and I'm like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's insane. That's such a, I, I don't know what the word is for it. That's such a like more um, connected sense of thinking about what you're eating, like on a grand scale. I mean, many people don't even have to think about that. You can just pick up an enchilada without question and you'd be fine. But for you, it's like every single thing has to be, you know, thought through and, and you have to think about it from the grand scale of, like you said, is this going to contribute to me beating the cancer ultimately? Is this going to fuel me for the day? Um, so, yeah, it all just seems like it's kind of just been this crazy journey of um, refiguring out your taste buds, like refiguring out your mindset, the whole, the whole, every aspect of you, you know, kind of just like getting to know yourself again almost is what it seems like. Um, so what do you think has been your biggest positive takeaway from everything that you've been going through? So um, through this entire process of how open I've been, um, you know, I've had several women specifically, you know, basically ask me to, to hold their hand during their own process. And I'm more than happy to help. I'm, I'm here for you. Um, 
and it really made me open my eyes to think of I'm unemployed right now. I was furloughed from my job because of the pandemic, which in hindsight was probably a good thing because now I can focus on my health. But now it's like, I'm going to go through surgery soon. I'm going to be, you know, fingers crossed in remission as soon as I get a hopeful, clear pathology report. And it's like, what am I going to do with my next chapter of my life? You know, Rory version 1.0 is, is gone. She's, she's a completely different person now after this, this treatment and this whole, you know, life changing, um, part of my life. So what does Rory 2.0 want to be? And it's really been, what do I sit down? What do I like? If I don't like this, I'm not doing it. I don't have, there's life is way too short to do things that you don't like and not do them with the people that you love. So I was a part of a lot of support groups during this whole process and still am. And I noticed that a lot of women talked about how do I get back into fitness? You know, I'm, they were exactly like me. I'm anxious. I want to do something. I don't know where to start. I'm afraid I'm going to hurt myself. And it's like, well, why isn't there more of a open communication with fitness and cancer? you know, yes, it's hard and it's difficult, but life is hard. So if it's going to help me get through this process, then there should be something out there that helps women. Um, and I've kind of taken like my cancer journey and really turned it into this fitness aspect of it, you know, combating cancer with fitness. And I created a social media outlet for it. And I'm working on a blog and, you know, trying to create a Facebook group and really make it this, you know, sense of a community where women can come to and talk about fitness. Like, Hey, I just bought a set of weights. What the hell do I do with them? Or, you know, my mom gave me this or my friend gave me that. And I don't know the first thing to do with resistance bands or how do I get my cardio in without feeling like my bones are going to shatter. And it's like, Oh, well I went through this and you know, this is a safe space. That way it takes away from the, um, support group as a whole because a lot of the times there are so many people in these support groups that I'm just scrolling through and I'm like there's so much information here and I really just want to find like medical support in this specific group and I feel like these support groups have really just become this like mesh of you know clothing and healthy living and fitness and family and domestic troubles and it's just like, there's so much information that sometimes I get so overwhelmed looking through it that I don't even bother, you know, answering questions that are in there. So I really am trying to take my journey a step further and create this community where women can come together and really bond over fitness while they're undergoing chemotherapy or preparing for surgery, or I just had a surgery and I don't know what to do with physical therapy. You know, I have my exercises in front of me, but what else can I do to really get myself back into life? And I feel like touching on this will maybe hopefully bring me somewhere in the future that I can maybe create a nonprofit and give back to women that really need it. I'm, I'm super lucky in, in my life that my husband has really great health insurance. I didn't really have a lot that I needed to pay for out of pocket, but there are women that are, are faced with thousands and thousands of dollars of bills and they can't get the treatment that they want or they have to drive five hours to be able to go to the hospital. It's just, 
it's taxing and I want to give back in any way that I can. Yeah. Well, I think you're absolutely on the right track. And something that I think is so incredible is, you know, you got kind of overwhelmed with these groups of like, there's so much going on. And I've always, I've always been the firm believer that it's like, if you don't see a space out there for where you can fit in, just make the space yourself. So it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, which I think is so inspiring and so empowering is like, you're taking the reins and you're just deciding to go for it and to go after it. And I think you're absolutely without a doubt going to be helping more people because all it takes is that decision to just have the courage to make that step out and to be authentic and true to yourself too. I mean, you're at the point now where it's like, this is me. This is what I like. This is who I am. And you're almost at that place now, it seems, of like you want things that align with you um, and you're not going to just like settle for things and people and situations that don't. So I think it's amazing that you've kind of found this place of authenticity through this all and a way to sort of, you know, connect with other people and inspire them. And I think it's absolutely something that people would resonate with is, you know, fitness and connecting everything that you've been going through and to just have that space. I mean, there's probably so many women out there and just people in general that are probably craving something like that and wishing that something like that existed. So sometimes all it takes is to just have that leap of faith to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully we'll, we'll see. Um, it's still a very, um, newborn, uh, stages right now. Um, but I feel like I've had some good positivity and, you know, being able to learn also, you know, I've, everyone knows social media as far as like posting and doing this and creating connections, but, you know, learning this and being able to understand, you know, what's the best time to post things? What, how do I read my analytics and having a more in-depth understanding of what this realm consists of and how it works. It's, it's fascinating. It is. It's fascinating. It is a lot too. I'll say that for sure. (laughs) I still struggle with like understanding analytics sometimes. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't even know (laughs) what I'm doing, (laughs) but it's exciting. You know, I think it's awesome. Like, honestly, that's what I did with this podcast. I didn't really see a place where I totally fit in online. I'm like, nobody's really bridging the gap, you know, between fitness and spirituality and speaking about it. So I was kind of just like, all right, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to see if people like it. If they do, cool. If they don't, whatever. Um, And I think it's just so important to just live your truth. And it seems like that's exactly what you're doing. So I love that. Yeah, I was was fascinated every time I I see one of your podcasts post up. I'm like, she's doing so great. I'm so proud of her. And then then all this happened and I'm just like, you know, sometimes I'd listen to your podcast when I was able to. And I'm like, you know, I feel better about myself now. And then when I came up with this inception of this idea, I was like, you know, it's, you know, this whole fitness aspect is not just physical, it's very mental and you bridge the gap to it. And I wanted to be able to talk about things with you and, and open the door to people who may be dealing with breast cancer, both men and female, because men can get it too. So it's, you know, the audience is there. And if you're willing to listen and, and, join in on the conversation that's where we we need to be yeah absolutely you're making us see it at the table I think it's as simple as that is just you're opening up that dialogue and and you're being real about it you know you're not sugarcoating it you're having the courage to to speak about it fully so I absolutely think that you're going to be doing amazing things in the future and I'm so excited for you and I really truly I have my fingers my toes everything crossed for you you know that everything's um going to be going well for your surgery coming up And, um, I'm truly like, I'm sending you all the best and I'm here for every step of your journey. I'm watching you, you know, and you've been so empowering and inspiring. So, uh, 
definitely keep it up. Thank you. Yeah. So where can people um, find you, stay connected with you? So you can find me on either one of my social media accounts. My personal account is at Aurora Jean. So like the Northern Lights, A-U-R-O-R-A, Jean, J-E-A-N. Or you can find me in my new newborn stage account, which is called Foobs and Fitness. So to give you a little backstory on it, in the breast cancer community, um, when women undergo a mastectomy, they lose their boobs. So some women choose to, to remain flat and other women choose to have reconstructive surgery. But when you have reconstructive surgery, you no longer have the functionality of what you did when you had boobs. So we call them boobs, fake boobs. Oh, okay. So, so I figured, uh, you know, make it a, a thing, you know, boobs and fitness. We talk about breast cancer. We talk about mastectomy. We talk about fitness. We talk about this. We talk about that. And it's, it's nice to have discussions with people. One of the girls that I'm friends with on that account actually reached out to me and she was like, I didn't have reconstructive surgery with implants. Do you still consider, you know, me a foob? So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Why not? And she's like, well, because I had reconstruction um, with fat, which is called a deep, a deep D I E P. And I said, it doesn't matter because you still have reconstruction to mimic the look of a breast, you no longer have the functionality of that breast. So it's fake in my eyes. Yeah. And I'm trying to make that more of like the norm where, you know, we no longer have boobs and it's okay. It is totally fine. You know, I'm a female and I'm fine with having fake boobs. I'm only doing it because it makes me feel better looking down and seeing them there, whether or not they work or not makes no difference to me because I'm alive and that's what matters. Yeah, I think that's so incredible that you're just making such a welcoming place for everybody online, for anybody going through this right now, to know that they have a place where they can go and connect with people and understand that everything they're feeling throughout their journey is valid. I just, I love when people, you know, speak their truth and they like, they just live like in that way and in such a powerful, authentic place, I think is, is so inspiring. So Rory, thank you so much for coming on. This has been like such an amazing conversation. I've learned so much that I never even knew about <laughs> supplements and everything. So this has been crazy. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm so happy that we were able to do this. And hopefully down the road, we can do it again. Yes, hopefully. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, guys. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation and that you learned something from this and you've connected with this in a really special way. I know that I certainly have. I just wanted to pop in here and give you a quick update with Rory's situation since this was recorded a couple of weeks ago. So her surgery went well, but they did find that the cancer spread to the lymph nodes in her arm. So she is going to have to undergo a little bit more treatment soon. So please, guys, keep Rory in your thoughts and prayers. I know that I certainly am. But I just wanted to hop in and give that little update because I know I would probably be curious to hear what was going on. So I just wanted to let you guys know. Otherwise, her surgery went well. And again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Remember to subscribe on any platform that you're listening to. If you're over on Apple Podcasts, please drop me a review. It means the world to me. It really helps me out. And that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time.